Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Anne Friedman. And I'm Amina Tuso. Well, that was extra cheerleadery today. I'm Anne Friedman. And I'm Amina Tuso. <laughs> you, you know, I don't feel extra cheerleadery, so I'm glad that my, my fake it to you make it linked invoice is still working. I'm doing that thing where you smile. While you're in the, I, I feel like we should watch some videos about people recording like voices for animated movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my thing is that like sometimes when I'm in pain, all I can do is smile. Oh, like that's, that's just my like. Oh, it, I'm like these cramps are killing me. Smile. Profound insight about the human woman condition. Mike, one two, I got this. <laughs> this week on Call Your Girlfriend, we're talking about why Ivanka Trump's dad is so embarrassing. End of year menstruation donations. A listener question that's about bestie jealousy. And to top it all off, we'll tell you why Barbara Mulkowski is everything. How are you doing over there? Oh, you know, I'm just like hanging out in the closet. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I, yeah, I am also hanging out in the closet in my Chicago hotel room. It's woo, it's nice in here. You could probably rent it for for definitely a couple thousand dollars a month if it were in San Francisco. That's right. Shout out to the company that's paying for this right now. Holler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, no. So I'm having cramps. I'm still dying. But otherwise, I feel great. <laughs> Excellent. I'm in my closet with Christmas gifts that I have to finish wrapping and shipping and sending home. And I have to say, it's like a point of personal pride that it is December 8th. And I have like actually thought about things like my family's Christmas gifts. I feel like a weird kind of like fucked up sense of accomplishment about that. No, same. I did all of my Christmas shopping in December and I felt like sick awesome about it. You Wait, you mean November? Yes, November. <laughs> Whatever the last month was that we came out. <laughs> I was like bragging about doing your shopping in December. No, in like in November before Thanksgiving, I was like, I got this. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. I love my family, but I am not like the person who might be the best decision maker about their taste. So I like I take weird notes throughout the year whenever someone even vaguely alludes to something that they might want to be gifted. I write it down immediately because I'm sort of like, there's no way I'm going to come up with that on my own and during crunch time. <laughs> that's, no, that's good. There's one person that I shop for. Anytime I buy her something, I end up keeping it for myself. And this year, <laughs> I was, this year, I like finally got two of the thing, and I was like, "This is great." Oh man, I did that this year. Where you ever, you never make those purchases where you're like, "This could be a gift," or "This could be for me." And it came, and it was like, it was like these set of like bracelets, and I really was sort of like, well, told myself it was for someone else, and they came, and I couldn't get my hand in them. They were like too small, and I was like, "Oh um, well." And someone's getting a nice gift, <laughs> even though that's what I said originally. A victimless crime. Um, speaking of doing nice things for other people during the holidays. Oh my God, you, solid transition. Um, hey, thanks. It's almost <laughs> like I've been doing 
doing this podcast thing for a while now. I I guess we have an update for our listeners, right? Do you want to tell us? Oh, man. So we want to do kind of a group giving thing for the end of the year where we all make donations of varying amounts to the same charity under like the collective power of the CYG universe. Oh, my God. Praise hand emoji. I'm oh. doing it. I'm doing it right now. All the way up. And so we sort of had this notion that we wanted to do something that was related to menstrual health. And because we talk about periods constantly on the show. And we are so so blessed to live in a country and a world where we can period all over the place all the time. Oh my God. And, and not, and not like suffer consequences for it. And have in-depth conversations about all the various period related items we've tried. Privilege. Exactly. Yeah. So, so after extensive research, <laughs> what's up due diligence? <laughs> <laughs> Um, who did we pick, Anne? Tell tell the listeners. We picked an organization called Zana Africa, which right now is primarily based in Kenya and is expanding throughout East Africa. And basically what they do is they provide kits, they provide pads and cotton underwear that can be resized to fit all kinds of bodies to girls who would otherwise be shut out of going to school or otherwise participating in the world when they have their periods. That's so cool. So where can people find all of this information? Well, you can go to zanaafrica.org, which is Z-A-N-A-Africa.org, and make a donation from there. Basically, $10 provides pads for one girl for an entire year. So they suggest a $40 holiday donation so you keep four girls stocked for the year, which is awesome. Or you can, I mean, I sort of think of it as like increments of $10 is the way to go. That's awesome. You know, one of the things that was really exciting to me about this company, or I guess this organization rather, is how, you know, they're really building a business alongside of it where they're manufacturing these pads in Kenya and they use agricultural byproducts instead of wood, instead of wood pulp, like most people do from South Africa. So it's a lot more affordable. And it's really having small, like having a small woman-owned seller distributing the pads is also awesome. They're not reusable, they're disposable. Because having reusables in a place without clean water is, you know, like that equals UTIs and all this other gross stuff. So I don't know, like, that's exciting. I'm really glad that we are doing this. I'm really glad that people who are able to, like, you know, like nobody should feel pressure to, but if you're able to and you want to do a group gift donation, like this would be a really awesome way to end the year. Right, or if you just want to, like, cap off something, donations you've already made elsewhere with $40 to Zana Africa, we would love it if this is something that we could do as like a CYG crew. Yeah. And also hot tip, if you are blessed to work at a company that is matching your donation, that's another thing that you should look at. I love looking at my end of year giving and being like, yes, I made all these people donate to all this woman stuff every year. It makes me feel better. So that's another thing to look into. As part of our whole due diligence, we called the CEO of the Zana Africa Foundation, whose name is Gina Rice Wilchins. And you should listen to her talk a little bit more about what they do. There are one million girls in Kenya alone who miss school each year because they lack access to sanitary pads. We see menstruation or menstrual health management, which is the term of art that's used within the field that we work in. We recognize that that's a human right and that we believe that the onset of puberty 
is really the most effective time to engage girls in range of personal issue, health issues. Awesome. Well, we talk about periods a lot on our podcast. So, um, <laughs> How refreshing. Yeah, exactly. So that was one reason why we were so interested in getting all of our listeners together to make a holiday donation to you guys. And so maybe you could talk a little bit about what $40 can do and, um, and how you see that or how you found that dollar amount as a good base to set. Yeah. I mean, basically, it's pretty simple math for about $10 we can supply one girl with a year-long supply of pads. Our, our mission is to really make sure they not just have the sanitary pads, but they also have the health education that goes along with it. And one of the inspiring ways that we do it is in form of uh, shareable health comics. And it stars a young woman, an adolescent girl named Nia. And in Swahili, that means purpose. And we watch her journey through womanhood through the comics. So we're also supporting community-based organizations and helping them provide pads to even more girls. So we've reached to date about 20,000 girls and 10,000 in the last year because we can't do it alone. When you mentioned humor and reaching out, are there other period jokes in the comics? You know, there I, I, I can't say that there are jokes per se, but um, a lot of the girls had a lot to say about these characters and how they wanted them to look and how they wanted them to act. So they've got really engaged and, and caught up in their stories. So we're hoping that that would be a good sign that they'll continue to want to follow these girls and that we not only will be able to teach them about menstruation and their periods, but a whole host of other issues like STDs and whatever else that will affect, you know, their health as they, they grow up through adolescence. Yeah. And, and you mentioned that you guys have plans on expanding beyond Kenya. We do. Um, our, our goal is to get affordable pads to women across you know, all of Kenya, not just women in Nairobi, but people who might not be able to get to the supermarket, but could get to a kiosk or can get somewhere in their rural area. We partner with our social enterprise and we're already reaching out to other countries in terms of just buying pads. But in terms of our education, we're going to start and get it right in Kenya. We're going to hopefully grow out to East Africa, but we want to we want to take baby steps and make sure we do this right and set a precedent in Kenya that then we can take to other countries within within East Africa. Awesome. And so for our listeners, I, I would say one of the main takeaways is like $10 equals a year of pads and products for one girl or one woman. Is you, that right? You, you got it. For as little as $10, we can actually make sure that they don't have to worry about that, that they can focus their energies on school instead of managing their periods in their body. We want to make sure that it's addressed as a basic human right and that needs are getting addressed. Where can people go to make a donation? Google, Zana, Africa Foundation or zanaafrica.org. Awesome. Well, we'll link to it too so that people can awesome. find, find it on our website. Listen, Gina, thanks so much for telling us about the work you're doing. Oh, thank you for having me, Anne. I appreciate it. Yes, that makes me feel awesome. <laughs> I mean, $40 for like to keep four girls in pads for a year is like the best possible thing. Seriously. Seriously. Oh, so good. Okay. Also our just our obligation as women who talk about periods a lot. I feel like it's just like the price I put into like the general woman till for, for, for <laughs> talking about my period so much. Yeah, no, totally. That's so awesome.
What else are we talking about this week? Oh, man. I mean, Ivanka's dad off the rails. I don't even want to really talk uh, about him. And Ivanka's dad is such an embarrassment. Like, it's, it's just, it's insane what is happening right now. Every time I hear, like, foreign news services talk about him, it's like, the, you know, the American presidential, you know, candidate and frontrunner, blah, blah, blah. I just, it's just shame. Like, a burning shame that I have not felt so acutely in several years. Okay, let's like back up and explain to the people what Ivanka Trump's dad is doing right now. That is so embarrassing. (laughs) I don't even know where to begin. Like he's suggesting registries for all Muslims in the country, even those who are citizens and checking, checking visas at the door, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) So yes. So the thing is that like, you know, there are a couple of us who were fully waiting for, you know, like you thought hoverboards were going to be the worst trend of the year. It turns out that like fascism is back in a big way. So <laughs> that's like one thing about Donald Trump. The thing, one thing that's been really fascinating to me watching this whole Trump saga, some people are really bewildered about it. And some people make a ton of jokes about it. And then others of us who are, you know, like for who it hits a little too close to home, <laughs> we're mad. We're really mad. And we think that it's crazy. But one thing that's been so fascinating to me is that so many people are like, oh, Donald Trump, he's like Mussolini or he's our Marine Le Pen from France. And I'm like, you don't have to look at European examples of people doing bad things. George Wallace was literally a generation ago. (laughs) Right, right. And also just, I don't know, America has a pretty bad track record of saying like, hey, people who fit this identity group, let's round you up or make you sign to a list. Like even within America, we we, we have a pretty shit record on that. No, exactly. And somebody who started off their campaign by saying that all Mexicans were rapists, like it doesn't shock me. (laughs) Like now he wants to put Muslim people essentially in internment camps. Uh, The other reason that this is a little embarrassing is because he's also making all of these ridiculous comments about Jews and, you know, our, like, top bay, Ivanka Trump, she converted to Judaism for her husband. Awkward. like, very orthodox. Like, it's going to be awkward at that house, you know? It's Mm -hmm. awkward right now. Like, I'm like, please talk to your father. He's making it awkward for everybody. I mean, awkward, kind of an understatement, but also kind of, I mean, no, that's true. And as much as a lot of people who were watching Ivanka's dad kind of move through the early primary were like, this is a joke. The way to shut him down is to make fun of him and to kind of show that we don't take him seriously. And I think that these latest comments, while you're totally right, they're not different from stuff that he has said in the past, Something about it kind of hit this tipping point where I saw lots of people saying like, okay, can we stop joking about this now and get seriously scared and upset? But here's the thing, right? The only people that have been joking about it are white people. Like the rest of us. Like this is not funny to us. Well, you don't think it's that, like, never It's never been funny. You know? But you and don't think a Trump pinata is like kind of a joke in its own way? I mean, yes and no, right? I think that, like, the danger is always imminent for people who are minorities. Like, you see it, and you're also not shocked I'm not that saying it's at threat, all possible. I'm not saying the threat wasn't realer for people who are non-white. Like, obviously, that is 100% true. But I think that, I mean, I definitely have seen Trump jokes and heard Trump jokes coming from non-white people as well as white people, even though maybe you're right, like, the underlying sentiment or stakes are really different. I mean, I guess so. I'm like, we, you know, like, we're joking because we're scared. We're not joking because it's like an SNL skit for us. Sure. But I mean, I don't know. I think, like, 
even the white people have stopped joking is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I guess. My favorite thing, though, is how the other Republicans are scared. Because here's the other thing, right? It actually doesn't matter what people who are not Republicans think because they're the ones who can stop him. And I'm like, when are you guys finally going to rise up and be like, enough is enough? Because he's pushing them way too much to the right. He's embarrassing them. Jeb Bush like thought this was his birthright, and now he's being embarrassed. It's not going to happen. And the only person keeping it 100 is my boo, Lindsey Graham, single man Lindsey Graham. Mm. And so, like, this, like it's just, it's ki- the whole thing is killing me. Unelectable Lindsey Graham. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am, I am rooting for Lindsey Graham because he's always like looks so sad, but he always is keeping it 100. I mean, you're rooting for him, but like, are you switching your party affiliation? Like, yeah, of and like, course yeah, not. Exactly. You know what I mean, like. One, I love his friendship with Joe Biden. He's, like, so real. I love that him and his sister are basically orphans, and they take care of each other. And he always makes it a point to point it out. And also, like, he's not a crazy person. Right. I mean, that he's always like, helps. He's my favorite Eeyore, basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like moderate or semi-moderate Republicans are, like, perma-Eeyores. <laughs> oh, my God. Who knew Lindsey Graham would get a shout-out on Call Your Girlfriend? That, like, what a time to be alive. <laughs> I mean, you know what, though? Again, this is a sign of how, like, Trump has changed everyone's barometer for what terrible is. <laughs> I know. There is this also amazing clip of Jeb Bush, oh my god, what a dummy, saying, Should I win this nomination? I will take it to Hillary Clinton, and I will whoop her. And then the best thing, if you watch the clip, is that like, three seconds after he says it, he can feel his own like body leaving him, and he's like, I can't believe I just said that crazy thing. One political party that shall not be named, like, they're just living in their own reality right now. I I can't even process. I mean, part of it is like the reporting that I have seen from people who are trying to legit figure out who the people who support Trump are and what is going on with them. It has been so baffling. You know, I mean, it's been it's been kind of few and far between for how much coverage like he gets. I don't actually feel like I understand whether everyone is like 100 percent as racist as he is, probably, or if it's, like, they're just caught up in some kind of, like, packaging or, like, momentum. No, they're, like, 100% racist pieces of trash. I've met some Trump supporters, and... Oh, my God, what, The thing that, that makes me so happy is that they all say this one thing. Like, this is, to me, the common denominator of all of the the Trump supporters that I know is that they all say they're like, finally, someone's saying what's really on their mind. <laughs> and I'm like, somebody's saying the racist shit that you think out loud and you're proud of that? I was that's just curled, crazy. I was just curled in a ball in the corner of my closet when you said that. You know, like, that's the <sighs> one thing that they're all saying. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. So if there is actually, like, anything that I'm mildly happy about... Is that, you know, Trump is giving a face to these people exist. You know, they're not some weird Republican construct or it's not some weird force of the economy is like pushing them to be these kinds of people. They've always been like this. They're awful, awful people. And they're all coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, the um, Scott Carrier, who is like a white dude, this American life journalist type has a podcast called Home of the Brave, where he talks to he like goes on the road and interviews a bunch of people who are self-identified Trump supporters in Nevada and 
It's funny because, you know, he has that NPR like study distance thing at the beginning where he's like, I'm just going to like ask them to explain why they like Trump. But because you can't really explain virulent racism, like once, once he asks them <laughs> questions, he's just like, wait, what? You know, he can't really help himself from asking how does that make any sort of sense? Or like, what do you mean? He has no right. policies about like, anything else. Classic yeah. American scaremonger. That's right. like it. And so basically, it was so delicious to be like, oh, you failed at your objective quest. <laughs> yeah, but also you know, it's frightening. It, it is. It's frightening, right? But there's also just this realization that, like, you know, just like George Wallace, he just appeals to his followers in this really visceral kind of way right and like these like we have to share oxygen with these people they're terrible humans and also just the general frame i mean i know we joked all the time we like we made lots of jokes about the the hat which i kind of regret now like in the modern context like you know in in, like the context of all of this stuff joking about a make america great again hat which i know we never really believed but like i don't know i'm sort of like that is actually super frightening I mean, it is frightening, right? It's like the hat basically means, like, let's take our country back. I don't apologize for my loving the hat. I think the font is amazing. And I love that he, like, wears it basically to keep his hair together. And it's this, like, very virulent... How do you say that word? I sound like DJ Khaled. Virulent, like virus. It's infecting. I sound sound like DJ Khaled now. I'm like, accurate. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) Too much time with those motivational speeches. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, anyway, Ivanka, we know that you listen. So, like, please get your dad. This is so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing, boo-boo. Like, don't do this. Also, at what point do you have... How bad does it have to get for you to publicly disavow your dad? Like, if, if being, like you know, Jewish and associated with the kind of comments that he's made is not enough. Like, maybe it'll never happen. But we're with you. We're with you, Ivanka, if you want I to stand know. up. I'm embarrassed for you more than more than I'm afraid that we'll have your dad as president. I'm embarrassed for you. Wow, that's strong words. <laughs> it's just, you know, like when the people that you love just do you so dirty in public, it's, oh, man, it's not cool. Uh, well, um, there. Don- Donald, call us. We need to talk to you. Um, I gotta say there there was there was a nice little response from our girl Huma, which to be to be fair was in like a Hillary Clinton campaign email, so like taking taking that for what it's worth. But um, who was like, "Hey, what's up? I'm a Muslim. <laughs> How about everyone who gets this email shares my disgust because it's it's not really an option at this point to just sit by and be like, yeah, let him let him talk like that. Ah, oh, it's so disgusting. Yeah, man." Donald Trump, don't do this. I mean, it's too late now. (laughs) It is crazy. I really want to say how disgusted I also am by Rand Paul and the way that he's handling all of this. Once upon a time, that man was like our civil liberties hero. Yeah. (laughs) Ivanka, call your dad. Call your dad. That's all we have to say. (laughs) Don't call your girlfriend this week, Ivanka. Call your dad. (laughs) Call your dad. Man, dads. Ooh. Let's oh see. My do you want to do a question? Yes, let's do a question. Okay. Okay. My best friend and I were in the same liberal arts major within our college and would often find ourselves competing for the same jobs, internships, fellowships, etc. 
As it so happened, she received an internship that we both applied to and was able to move to the city in which we both wanted to live and work. While I received a different internship and moved to another city as well and was able to eventually find a wonderful job doing what I like, she has gone on to also get what I feel is a better job. While I'm very happy for her and only wish the best for her, I struggle with these feelings of jealousy and that I'm never going to be able to get to where I want to be. Any advice on how to deal with this? XOXO. Um, Being right out of college is really hard. (laughs) (sighs) It really is. It really is. It is. My, My heart really goes out to this person. Yeah. One question that I had hearing you read that was whether she had talked to her friend about it at all and talk to her friend about how she doesn't have the job that she wants to have right now. I mean, I think it's interesting that she says, like, I have a job I really like that I think is a pretty good job, but it seems like it's more about her future fears. You know, I'm never going to be able to get where I want to be as opposed to, I feel like I've got a horrible situation right now. Well, you know, it's also in reading this, it's obviously so much of the grass is greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's, like, one part of me that's like, girl, this is your first job out of college. Trust me. Zoom out 10 years from now, this job will mean nothing. The grass is greener everywhere else. Like, yeah, literally it's everywhere like, else. zoom out 10 years. Like, you know, I'm like, I don't want to make you feel bad about your life, but, like, mm. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much it is that she's talked to her friend and her friend are like, actually, it's lit over here. You know, like, my life is great. <laughs> or how much of it, it's her feeling bad about the situation. I get a lot of feelings I, vibes from this. No, exactly, right? It's like all of it is feelings, feelings, feelings. And here's the thing, like, feelings will betray you. And also, all of the energy that you're focusing on being jealous on your friend is time that you're not strategizing, like, thinking about, like, what's coming next for you. Right, and how you can get what you actually want, as opposed to, like, comparing yourself to her. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, I like shared with you this quote from Dr. Phil that was in my journal um, from like a really important episode to me. Pause button, pause button. You told me before we recorded that you copied this from your journal, which I, I just think that everyone should stop and appreciate that for one second. Listen, here's what it says. Dr. Phil says the only difference between you and someone you envy is you settle for less. Imagine Dr. Phil saying that in his like asshole Dr. Phil voice, right? But it's true. If you start to change your life little by little, everything eventually turns out okay. And, you know, like, success breeds success. Dr. Phil knows this. DJ Khaled knows this. Accurate. Everybody knows this. Also, pause. DJ Khaled has a new inspirational video. And, Gina, I think you should play it, like, right now. You smart. You very smart. We the best. You a genius. I appreciate you. You loyal. I changed a lot. You can too. Win, 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 no matter what. Them doors that was closed, I ripped the doors off and took the hinges off. And when I took the hinges off, I put the hinges in the boy's hands. Yeah, in the boy's hands. You know, I, I took the whole door off and the hinges and I put it in the boy's hands. You could put the hinges on the hands too. Never give up, never surrender. Put this money in your savings account. Buy your mama a house. I'm going to say something that is a little bit assholeish, but houses. jealousy is not a thing that I feel a lot towards other people. 
And I don't think that that makes me a good person. I think that it makes me a very oblivious person more than anything. So it's a, it's a small blessing in disguise. But like really recently, I found myself getting jealous about something. And I was really annoyed at just how much time it was taking away from all of the other awesome stuff I could do and how much anxiety it just really breeds and how much it makes you like resent somebody for nothing at all. Because here's the thing, if you, if it would have been the other way around and presumably like you love this person and they're your friend, you would feel awful that they were feeling that way. Right. When you read or you like hear about a problem like this, it's so easy to put your own lens on it. Times in my life when I've been jealous, I think that the the root feeling is actually just fear that I can't ever get what I want. It's not so much that I want exactly what that other person has, but it's like, what if I never get to whatever place I want to go to? And you're totally right, which is like even more horrible because then the more time you spend feeling jealous, the, like the further it feels that you are from your own specific goal. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's like if you can talk to your friend about this in a real talk kind of way, I I think that that would be really helpful if you feel like it's too, I don't know, sometimes I feel really petty about this shit and (laughs) you don't want to talk about it, is find a really constructive way to channel those feelings and really get to the root bottom of what it is that you're, that's causing the anxiety. And if you think that like, the anxiety is that you're not going to achieve all of your goals and dreams one day because you didn't get this like job out of college. Oh man, life has like a whole other plan for you. <laughs> right. That is not true. <laughs> yeah. Like, trust me, the defining drama of your life is not going to be the fact that you moved to this other city and you're going to be okay. I think that it's just all about how, how you bounce and how you bounce back. And then in this family, we bounce back really hard. Oh my God. And also ask your friend to help you. You guys work in the same field. Like even if she she can't be if she can't say oh I have a job right here I'm sure she could say oh let me help you do this thing on the side or like I know this other person and in this I don't know it just seems like you will be much stronger seeing her as an awesome ally shine three vibes (laughs) than sitting there stewing and just feeling jealous of her exactly don't stew like you know just like get your Dr. Phil on Mm. Oh my God, we're like the worst advice givers, but I love it. <laughs> my my thought was, I just kept thinking about saying stew, and I'm like, hmm, I could go for some stew. <laughs> <I'm really hungry. laughs> I know, that's like all I want right now. I know, one bowl meals from now until March, April. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of shine theory, I noticed that, you know, that we got a new batch of emails released from our girl Hills, and some of them were obviously amazing, but there is one from one Maryland senator, Barbara Mikulski, that we love. Long, long term Senator Barbara Mikulski. Oh my God. Like love of my life. Since the like, there's no women's bathroom days. (laughs) I know. She's just like, she's just been there forever. And obviously like her and Hills are really, really, really good friends. And she sends her these like amazing emails with awful punctuation. Are you going to read one? I mean, I am going to read one. Here's this one. Um, (laughs) I feel like the punctuation makes it so hard to read, but the gist of it is so looking forward to Monday with much anticipation and exuberance. You are the best. 
There are so many missing vowels from this thing. <laughs> it's amazing. Is this a spam email where she's trying to get Hillary to invest in a project like overseas? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. I'm just like, either she's, you know, like she's like drinking really well all the time or like her fingers are betraying her. But like the correspondence is just lush and beautiful. Maybe this is a Blackberry issue. Uh, I'm just going to start sending you emails that just say you are doing such a terrific job. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think that like, if everybody sent one of those emails per day, just picked a random friend and sent one, it would have like incredible effects. Oh my God. Another one was the birthday email that she sent her. That's so good. It's like, dear friend, good wishes. P.S. There's like full stops in between all these words. <laughs> Blessings and a damn victory. A lucky day for the planet when you were born. Your pal, Senator Barb. <laughs> P.S. Like, <laughs> P.S. Am away to Boston for Warren. No big deal. Elizabeth Warren. We are going to make it. Whoopee! Ten exclamation points. Oh my god. If she were like 40 years younger, this would just be prayer hands emoji, donkey emoji, and that would be it. <laughs> if somebody sends me a birthday greeting this year that doesn't say a lucky day for the planet when you were born mm. with like <laughs> crazy punctuation i'm never going to talk to you ever again <laughs> filing a note away right now in my little gifts note <laughs> to t- send uh, you that exact text <laughs> i just love i just love these like lady lady senators just loving on each other this is perfect Ugh, lucky day for the planet Oh my god. Thank you, Senator Barbara Mulkolsky. You are just, you're the best. The other thing as the year winds down is we are making some some plans. We are plotting some things for 2016. Plotting some things. I'm, I'm rubbing my hands together like a supervillain right now. Um, <laughs> one of which is that we are going to start doing a monthly email newsletter. Ooh. Drum roll. <laughs> Called The Bleed. I am, like, the name. I am so excited. It's just going to be all over your inbox. Can't even stop it, like, once a month. (laughs) Just, like, hemorrhaging you with posy vibes and good stuff. Exactly, exactly. Hemorrhaging posy vibes might be the tagline of the (laughs) newsletter. But um, you can sign up at callyourgirlfriend.com. We won't be sending the first one until you know, a few weeks into 2016 at least. So it's not like this is happening tomorrow, but something to look forward to. But, you know, get at the front of the line, girl. For real. For real. We're not we're not counting yet, you know, like who's, who signed up like in, in week one, but... It's going to be the best. Yeah, no, plotting for 2016 is great. I like can't wait. All right. You can find us many places on the internet on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. You can download our show on the Acast app or on iTunes, where it would be awesome if you left us a review. You can also tweet at us at callyrgf or email us at callyrgf at gmail.com. And you can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. This podcast is produced by Gina Delbach. See you on the internet, boo-boo. See you on the internet.